On this episode of Let's Talk Transformers, we sit down with the legendary Chris McFeely. We chat about where fandom has been and where it's going, his affection for the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, a specific subset of Sonic the Hedgehog Media, and of course, Transformers. All right, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Transformers. And this time I'm hosting, so this is different. Usually we have Daryl doing these, but this time it's me, Big C. And I'm here with the awesome Chris McFeely. Uh, well, if you are a Transformers fan, have been in the online fandom at all, you should be familiar with Chris. Uh, particularly, well, uh, I never I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I, I've, uh, you know, I've followed your work for a long time. I got to meet you in person several yes. years ago at, uh, Ooh, at gosh, longer ago than you think now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> was that yeah. 2014? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. In Pasadena. Yeah. That was, uh, got to, got to go to Universal Studios on that, right. uh, on yeah. that trip. I was yeah, that mercilessly was... roasted by Optimus <laughs> yeah. Prime. Told me I looked like Seth Rogen. <laughs> More than yeah. than no, I think. I think the resemblance has fallen off with age. <laughs> uh, well, a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I could argue uh, with him. <laughs> but yeah, Chris. I mean, it's it's great to have you on. I mean, we've had you. Uh, I think we we did a a little a podcast a while ago on on some IDW uh, the early days of IDW. Uh, stories uh we did a podcast about that a little while ago but uh uh we haven't talked in a in a in a, in a good no, bit but a minute. yeah yeah and but I, i've been definitely uh, enjoying uh the basics on youtube oh, uh, that you. that show you've been doing has been great it's been uh you know uh i every time i watch that you know i th- i you know i i consider myself a you know a transformers fan who who's pretty knows who's pretty knowledgeable you know i'm I'm not on your level but i consider myself pretty knowledgeable but uh but every time i watch your videos uh, i learn something new so i appreciate that and uh, enjoy it so i'm glad it's 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 hard to know sometimes from the inside if they're accomplishing what i'm setting out to do with them you know when you're in the inside it's too close you know are you communicating the information that clearly or but uh I, when I get nice comments like that, I guess I think yes, I guess I guess I am succeeding in some level, you know, <laughs> on some to some yeah, extent. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it, and it it seems like it's bringing in you know people who are you know uh, you know of course you know I, I think uh, I, I I'm definitely you know getting close to fifty, so I you know I'm I'm in <laughs> older older people in the fandom, but all the younger people who have not uh, uh, have not had the opportunity to uh you know to look at the old stuff gets it getting getting uh you know getting quick hits of uh all lots of different iterations of transformers media i think it's it's good to and it, it probably encourages people to seek out some of the you know stuff that they haven't had a chance to so yeah sometimes i feel like um when you read the comments sometimes you get the feel like you're just talking to people who know all the stuff already because you'll mm-hmm. always have somebody who'll be quick to chime in and say, oh, you didn't mention or or what about this or or, or and that's, you know, that's the negative side of it. Then the positive side of it is when everybody will talk about the bits that they loved. But you start mm-hmm. to feel like, oh, you're really just regurgitating information everybody knows already. But then I, I, I you know, um, statistically speaking, 60 percent to two thirds of my audience is younger than I am. Which means they didn't come up with G one and and yeah. uh, and and possibly I mean sorry, uh, I can't remember the exact figures you know but but 
beast they might not have even come up with beast stores you know so, yeah. so yes there are there are people who excuse me who 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 didn't live the live this life <laughs> all the way through so <laughs> it, it is always nice to know that i'm reaching younger audience because that was always the uh, the intention of the show excuse me folks <clears throat> I just ate my dinner uh, shortly before coming on here, so I'm a touch on the gassy side. Yeah, um, that was always the intention of the show was to uh, explain uh, complex Transformers concepts. That that was the, it, the 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 very core initial idea behind the show was explain complicated Transformers concepts simply because there are so many of them. But obviously, the show has been able to evolve out in different directions and look at individual stories and series and yeah. characters. Um, and uh, I'm 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 very lucky. I'm very lucky, and I'm I'm very gl- I'm very happy, and I'm very lucky that it has found the audience that it has, and that the the, the audience continues to grow. Yeah. Now uh, uh, we we will uh, touch on lots of Transformers stuff, but before we we go deeper into Transformers, I did want to just touch on some of the other stuff you you've been working on, just because uh, I took you know I I I just wanted to like you know something that I have no like no previous kind of nostalgia for is a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah. I did, <laughs> I did check out, like I, I, you know, I said, okay, I know, I knew Chris was, was uh, doing the Sonic, the comic, the podcast uh, show. Mm-hmm. And I, I downloaded the first episode just cause I was curious. Uh, and, and I actually, I want to commend you for making something accessible to someone who had no connection at all to, <laughs> to uh, Sonic or, or, you know, the, the fandom of UK in particular. Uh, yes, Sonic it is. Comics. It's a very specific <laughs> thing, isn't it? Uh, we, yeah. we often get that. That's uh, Sonic, the comic, the podcast, which I co-host with Dave Bulmer. That's at Demon Tomato Dave on uh, Twitter. And you'll find him on YouTube there as well. We co-host it and he edits it. So a lot of the plaudits have to go to him for the sheer quality of the, mm-hmm. of the finished product um uh um we often get yeah comments from people who never read the comic or don't even like sonic and have just come into (laughs) it through through some of our other works that we've done and have followed us onto the podcast but just really enjoy the uh 90s nostalgia of it all a part of the purpose behind yes the podcast is an issue by issue guide to sonic the comic the original 1990s uk sonic the hedgehog comic um which has been it occupies a strange place in history because so much of sonic history in the internet is is uh archie dominated or or the american cartoons dominated uh this comic that is kind of treated pigeonholed as this strange little foreign body over here bolted onto the side of sonic um and that's not what it was like reading it as a child in the 90s so so in addition to being a look back at that comic uh the podcast is about what it was like being that age in the uk in the 90s which is why we look at all the ads and all the things like (laughs) that to to really go back and find ourselves in the uh, in the pop culture space of the 90s and the headspace of being Ooh, what age are we now? We're up to 1996, the age of bit 40, being 14 in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's a tremendously fun podcast to do. Recording it is often the uh, the highlight of my week. Uh, and if you if uh, anybody out there is interested by that, you can find that at stctp.zone, which is an amazing <laughs> URL that we just got recently as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm... I don't know if I have if I have time to do it, but I might I might go further because you do mention like you tease in the first episode just that like Sonic the Sonic the comic evolves into something much oh, you yes. know much beyond the uh, you know the the normal kind of 
you know fluff of video game marketing that it started out as. So uh, as you know, much, much as like you imagine that, like you're probably going to say yourself, like Transformers. Yeah. As much as yeah, those exactly. stories, yeah. this where Transformers began to the big cosmic horror of of Unicron and Primus stuff that Simon Furman was doing at the end of the original series. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say Sonic gets <laughs> quite that huge, but there there are cosmic yeah. things happen in Sonic. <laughs> but I call it yeah. the you know the the 90s equivalent for the UK kids comic market of what the the Transformers Marvel comic was to the 80s. I think anyway, yeah. I don't know if that's true or genuine, but it was a very high selling and popular comic, but you wouldn't know that mm-hmm. if you just paid attention to how people talk about it on the internet, which is why we have set out to rewrite history. <laughs> <laughs> so do, I mean one thing I'm curious about with with Sonic is like uh, with the with the UK Transformer stuff and all the work that Simon Furman do, did, a lot of that stuff fed back into the larger Transformers mythos and is now kind of bedrock mm. established Transformers lore. Did anything from the Sonic comic like feed back nah. into the larger even, Sonic universe? Not even a little bit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, they they just have this. Of course, because Furman, of course, made the jump over to the Marvel stuff and took a lot yeah. of that stuff with him. Which is, I, I wonder what. What trans? What would Transformers be like now if Simon Furman hadn't hopped the pond and gone mm, over to write yeah. the American comic? Would all that stuff that the British comic have done have remained a strange foreign bolt-on on the side of Transformers <laughs> instead of the foundational lure that it is today? I don't know, but that's what happened to Sonic. <laughs> but also, <because laughs> okay. Sega have a fun... Uh, fun isn't the right word. Sega have an unusual or their handling of the franchise is very much, they just look at the games and the stuff that happens and the licensed marketing, like all the Archie comics and the cartoons and everything. Literally, I think the only thing that's ever come from one of those to be part of the mainstream. And if we call the mainstream, the games is the fact that Sonic likes chili dogs. Oh, okay. (laughs) You don't don't see scratch and grounder and uh, all those other characters showing up in the games. Mm, Fair enough. (laughs) So, um, and I guess, uh, <laughs> one thing, and, and I don't know how, how far we want to go into this, but I did notice, like, I, I mean, I've been watching the, the She-Hulk, the She-Hulk show oh, yeah. uh, on, on, uh, Disney plus. And I, I did just randomly, I saw on Twitter, you met, you mentioned like she, mm-hmm. She-Hulk twerking. <laughs> I, I didn't know if there was a, if there's a, if there's a backstory there. <laughs> no particular backstory. Uh, I've just always been a Marvel comics fan and, uh, uh, She-Hulk is good. Yeah, and okay. I think I'll draw a discreet veil over it there, <laughs> lest I worsen my reputation further. <laughs> so uh, maybe, uh, like, we could. Uh, I, I'm curious to maybe get a little bit of your. Let's, uh, you know, if if we could, let's do the basics on Chris McFeely sure. and uh, <laughs> take a take a step back and say, I just want. I'm curious, uh, you know. When you were when you were a wee one, when you were a little one, what uh, what a fi- um, originally drew you into like I mean maybe not just Transformers any like I, I don't know if you grew up with if you were like delved deep into Star Wars or Marvel comics you mentioned already maybe the 2000 AD comics in the UK I know that that was popular there uh, uh, Doctor Who of course um, none of these things none of these things oh honestly. okay I was right. with, with Transformers. <laughs> um, I my first Transformer was either G1 Starscream or G1 Snarl. I can never remember which. I know I got Snarl for my birthday, which is in the summer, and Starscream for Christmas, but I don't remember what order they came in. So I mm. guess that means it must have been around 86 when I would have been four. Um 
Uh, and I was, I'm probably a slightly more rarer breed or unusual one where, despite being in the UK, where the cartoon was nigh inaccessible, I still wasn't a huge reader of the comic either. I'd certainly read bits of it in mm-hmm. individual issues of it, but I never got it on a regular basis. And, um, <clears throat> I think my biggest association with Transformers was the cartoon, uh, with tapes being rented from the, the, the video shop, yeah. um, I remember that's where I even discovered that a film existed was when I found the the film on the shelf one day, you know, despite having had the comic and I I guess I'd never found that level of crossover with the comic, but I was only four, you know, but, and you know, the thing that it's the thing that comes along when you're about seven or eight, that's the thing. And for me, it was the turtles. Ah, okay. The teenage mutant hero turtles, right? (laughs) Yes. And that was 1990 that landed in the UK. So that was, that mm-hmm. was, I think, the first big childhood phenom that I remember being mm-hmm. like what I was all about, you know, discovering what pizza was and learning to eat it <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, gee, I like Doctor Who and I, I watched Star Trek, but I was never, um, I, I never, never, uh, uh, latched onto any of those big mainstream uh, sci-fi nerd culture. Call it nerd mm-hmm. culture, you know what I mean? Uh, pillars like that, you know? Um, yeah, I watched all of them, but uh, and I'd still watch Doctor Who. To, like, I uh, I respect uh, Star Trek, and I enjoy yeah. Star Wars. I watched all the new films and all the new TV series and all the cartoons and everything from Star Wars. I mean, that's probably a lot for somebody to say, ah, they're not bothered about Star Wars. But, you know, I don't collect anything in Star Wars. I just <laughs> yeah. watch it and consume it and enjoy it, or don't enjoy it, depending on whatever. And then, you know, whatever's next, you know, there's things I enjoy, mm-hmm. and then there's and then there's Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I agree. I, did, I mean, I did go through a period buying Star Wars action figures, I seem to remember, back uh, when the prequels were coming out. My hair's gone mm. out there from scratching it. Um, <laughs> but I reached a point uh, some years ago where I had to cut out buying anything other than Transformers purely for space-based reasons. No, <laughs> fair enough. Just can't, yeah. can't, can't fit any more stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> the occasional Marvel <laughs> figure slips through, though. I mean, Marvel, again, that was something I didn't come to until I was in my, uh, my teens in the 90s after the X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons really introduced me to it. Oh, okay, yeah. So I with, could go with on the... to work in comic book retail then for a decade and from oh, okay. the yeah. 2000s and the 2010s. So mm-hmm. that was a big well, part of my life for a long time. So uh, did did you stick with the turtle? Like, are you are you still reading Turtles comics or watching Turtles shows? Or I mean, that, I always uh... check out the new show, but I mm-hmm. have only read a little bit of the IDW stuff, which I realize mm-hmm. is shameful because everybody talks about how good it is. But I think I was just a little late to the party on it. It's not the sort of thing I've I've ever been. I've I've not read many of the comics ever, to be honest. Once again, it was it mm-hmm. was I came in through the cartoon, and I didn't branch out much beyond that until it then sort of returned in the two thousands. And I'd never I, I had never even really explored what the original comics were even about until the two thousands mm-hmm. cartoon. You know, to me, up until that point, Turtles was Shredder and Krang and the Technodrome and all that. Then this yeah. two thousand three show comes along, and it's in, it has the Utroms in it, and I'm I'm reading about this online, and I'm discovering that this all comes from the original comic, and I've learned a lot since then and i've read some of the original eastman and laird mirage stuff but i've never gone out of my way to explore all of it and i i, I should read the idw stuff i really should but i got i was so late, late to the jump that there is now so much of it that it's intimidating to even think about getting <laughs> into it 
I'd love a yeah. big humble bundle. If someone could sort out a little humble bundle for this collection, <laughs> I could just get it all in one fell swoop. That'd help. Well, you've got contacts at IDW. <laughs> oh, just get the drop reset a, one. Just ring them up and like, hey, hey, do a humble bundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, have you? I mean, have you? Uh, I mean, have you played the Turtles video? Like all the video games. I mean, over the years, and then just recently, we've had kind of a renaissance with the, the Shredder's Revenge game. I'm actually playing the... Shredder's Revenge right now. I'm late to it again, but I <laughs> yeah. got it at the weekend there, so I am mm-hmm. just battering away at it right now. And this, yeah, uh, that's what I'm literally going to do when we wrap up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, the Cowabunga collection that's got all the like I think like almost every Turtles game from the 80s and 90s on. Yeah, there, I haven't so. picked that one up yet because uh, yeah. I need to look over the list and actually be like, how many of these are good? <laughs> how much <laughs> of this is worth owning? Really? Yeah, you know, I had Tournament Fighter when I was a kid, and it's not great, you know, well, the the Mega Drive version. I'm sorry, the Genesis, the Genesis version. <laughs> Yeah. So do you know do you know what the issue was in the UK with why they couldn't call them ninjas? Was ninjas really like ninja was I, just I don't know what the specifics of it is. It's <laughs> yeah. uh I guess they just associated it with violence. I mean everybody knows the story about how yeah. they cut all the bits with Michelangelo's nunchucks. And um uh, mm. I d I don't know why that was deemed any more imitable or dangerous than a freaking sword. But, uh, <laughs> maybe somebody out there does. I don't know. You don't find yeah. whenever you see any discussion of it, you don't you never see anybody delving into the uh, the details of why exactly this was just the decision they made. But they're the yeah. Ninja Turtles these days. It's okay now. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere along the way, it was deemed okay. Ninjas became acceptable. So uh, I'm, you've done since, since you've been a Transformers fan for for a long time. You've had, you and you've had the opportunity to kind of you know do some official work as well. Like I, I've got your uh, the Transformers Historia. Which uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful. If I ever get to TF Nation, I'll get you to sign it. For you must me. come to TF Nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, w- I would definitely would love to. That's that's a that's on my bucket list. So we've you know we're we've got a uh, if we, <laughs> we're trying to fund it through our through our Patreon, we'll see we'll see how far that goes. But uh, yeah, plane Fingers tickets crossed. are expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially these days. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, just. Uh, how did you like how did you go from like you you started watching the cartoon as a kid uh when you got old like did you have a period like a, a lot of a lot of you know fans talk about they had a period you know from adolescence to young adulthood where they kind of dropped away from you know cuz you know transformers it's it's toys it's for kids yeah. what if you're if you're a teenager you you're not interested anymore so but then when you grow up then nostalgia hits you and you come back in did you did you have a similar story Oh yeah, sure. Probably the same story that a lot of people tell, where they were into it as a kid, then they fell out of it. And I mean, it it uh, in in your head, it feels like it was a long time, but mm-hmm. realistically, it was it was probably a single digit number of years. But it's the space between yeah. being a, a child in single digit age and being a teenager when Beast Wars started. Mm-hmm. And it was Beast Wars that did it. And Beast Wars 100% sucked me back in. What, what was 1996? I think it landed yeah. in the UK when I was in 97. So that means I was 15. Uh, so how long could I really have been out of it for? You know, looking <laughs> looking back on it, like yeah. knowing how short a span of time, five years, let's say, is. Mm-hmm. How long could I really have been out of it realistically? But it felt like an age, you know, it felt like a whole whole lifetimes I'd been out of it and then rediscovered it in, in, as a teenager. But yeah, ever since then, yeah, I, I got uh, online in the late 90s, uh, just before Beast Machines started. 
um, I, Bish Machines I, I watched when there was a Canadian site was putting up tiny little, tiny little <laughs> real media postage stamp file of versions of Beast Machines episodes now. That's how I watched Beast Machines online. And uh, yeah, I've been around ever since. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's I had a similar uh, similar thing happened in the US. They had the Canadian since it was a Canadian show, they just showed all, you know, all the Yeah, they ran in straight Canada. on into season 2. Yeah. Yeah, and they held them back in the U like it was on Fox Kids in the US. They held them back, so yeah, couldn't wait six months to watch season two. Just yeah. download. Meant nothing to me. Yeah. It was all just one. Th- I I was aware yeah. at the time, though. I remember people talking about how you know season two was just airing right away in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, well, you know, the season break meant nothing to me. So I was just piled on <laughs> right, piled right on in. You know, yeah. yeah. I, there was never a show again that I was able to do that with. Though I remember I saw about half of RID and. Uh, and then it was uh, it was UK broadcasts of Armada and Energon. Hmm. Was how I yeah. saw those shows, and then some, you know, some episodes of Armada even aired over here before they aired in America. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember that because I wrote up summaries of them to post on the the alt dot toys dot transformers <laughs> news group. Um, yeah, because they weren't. This is where they were airing for the first time. As I recall, actually, that was how I moved out of that news group and onto forums because I took the I posted those summaries over on the AllSpark as well back in the day. To share oh, okay. And I think it's just sort of from there I I crept outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what was your like uh, in terms of getting into online fandom? I mean, new, yeah, news groups back in the day. I, I I lurked a lot. I didn't post a lot in the news groups, but I you know I, I lurked on on there. And then yeah, people m- migrated over to forums. And then uh, you know, of course, podcasting started a little. You know, uh, Radio Free Cybertron has been around for a while. Yeah, well, that was course. that was one of my big ins. Uh, yeah, okay. The first place I sort of found and talked about it online was the. Uh, was the old uh, chat room at bigbot.com. Okay. Um, and I don't remember how or where I heard about Radio Free Cybertron. I don't know if it, don't remember if it was through there or through a link on the front page of that website, but that's where I discovered that and started listening to that. And through that, heard of uh, alt.toys.transformers. And um, well, I can't remember exactly... Um, Oh, you know what? I, uh, I was part of a a short-lived fan fiction circle called Marvel Universe Transformed, uh, which was about uh, uh, you know what if the Marvel, what if the Transformers existed within the Marvel Universe, um, yeah. and I have no living earthly memory of how I got involved in that. <laughs> that is twenty five <laughs> years ago, and I have no memory of how that. But Brian Kilby was also part of that group. Uh, and and I knew him from listening to Radio Free Cybertron, so I was able to ask him through that group, "What is this Alto Toy Star Transformers thing you talk about on the uh, on the thing?" And he told me how to get into it and how to use an. This is back in the days when you use an email client to access the news groups. You know, yep. when you had you when you use the Outlook. Uh, what did they call it back then? I wanted to say app for a minute there, but it's not really not app back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean program, whatever. I mean, program, I, yeah, client, yeah, software. Yeah. <laughs> the thing computers came with. They had it back then. They just came with it. Yep. <laughs> 
so yeah i mean so uh i mean starting there i mean you've you've done you've worked you know uh, you've also i mean i i, I mentioned in the beginning you've, you've got the reputation of well the the mean way to say you're a know-it-all but i think the nice way to say is you're pretty, you're pretty knowledgeable <laughs> Uh, I, uh, but you've gotten that reputation. <laughs> I didn't set out to build that reputation. I've always, as a kid, I always enjoyed uh, handbooks and fact files and things like that in comics and and uh, and uh, and in uh, magazines and things like that, character profiles and stuff like that. And I would write uh, my own for for things, all sorts of things, uh, be they you yeah. know, Transformers or comics or whatever. And when I got online, I was like, oh, hey, it's a platform where I can share this sort of thing that I do. And then that sort of uh, wound up rolling in. I mean, then the, that rolled into the wiki, uh, which launched in what, 2006, mm. I want to say. That's whenever that all really kicked off in five, 2006. Um, uh, but that was, you know, I put it up of course, Wikipedia had been around for a while before that, and I'd done a lot of uh, stuff on Wikipedia as well, but then the Transformers wiki started, and I, I feel like it was the wiki that uh, got me that reputation, <laughs> I guess because of the, the front-facing nature of Wikipedia, and, and I became a name associated with it, but um, uh, the front-facing nature of the wiki, rather, that is to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had done, I mean, the first ever official thing that I did was I did uh, DVD commentaries for um, uh, the UK release of the three mm. Japanese Transformers anime. And, okay. you know, uh, if, if I could have those to do over again, they'd be very different today because I didn't know nearly as much then about them as I know now. Because how, how could I realistically know about them when they were only being released in English for the very first time, you know? <laughs> It was, a, it was yeah. a paradoxical situation, but um, the company wanted to get Simon Furman to do them, and I was like, "But what? He didn't. He didn't write them. He doesn't, <laughs> he's never seen them. He doesn't have anything to do with them. I, I, I don't. I don't know. If that's a great idea." And they said, "Like, you know, that's a fair point. How would you like to do them?" And you don't say <laughs> no to that, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and then when I started going to UK conventions in two thousand eight, uh, auto assembly, and then uh, and then mm-hmm. in the two thousand tens TF Nation, which rose to replace it, um, people n- knew me from the commentaries. Uh, so I guess that it just sort of snowballed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. You know, yeah, I don't I'm- spend all my private moments. Reading and rereading and researching to be always ready anytime anybody springs a question on me, you know. I, I mean, no, I mean, I make I, a YouTube series about this stuff uh, because I enjoy it, not because I yeah. seek to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing with you know when when like a baseball fan knows all the stats of all the yeah. players. It's not they, they're not they don't they just organically are yeah, just absorbing yeah. that knowledge because that's what they that's what they're into. I mean, I think that's it's a similar thing. Like, I, I mean. My I've always been, you know, a, a focus like my my primary like focus on Transformers has always been the lore and the kind of mm. the, you know, getting into the the storytelling and the, you know, whether it's epic or grandiose or, you know, character focused. I think all all the storytelling in Transformers is is what continued like even the, the toys yeah. and cartoon drew me in as a kid. But that's what kept me interested oh, yeah. in um you know that was that was why I was I was such a big fan of of when John Barber and James Roberts got the IDW uh, yeah. stories going there. That was I that remember really kind that, of I remember 
Yeah. Like I don't have, I, I, I'm not looking up numbers or anything, but just talking about the experience of discussions surrounding IDW comics mm-hmm. in 2011, it was a rock bottom. Like you remember it as well as I, you remember yeah, when, yeah. <laughs> when, when by the time chaos came along and it was like, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> but, but the phase two, Barbara and Roberts, they were the stone in the pond that just blew that mm-hmm. whole thing up. And that's the reason. Could you imagine if that had never happened? You know, what would yeah, anybody even think about IDW comics today? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, that's, that's the, when, when you talk about IDW comics, that's the era that everyone talks fondly about. I mean, and yeah, it's it's funny because I remember uh, like right before that when you had uh you know Mike Costa winding down his run and they gave James Roberts those two issues of Chaos Ooh, Theory yeah. right before the end and everyone was like, "Wow, this is amazing." <laughs> and people were like, "This and and that, that was like I think at that point they had already announced that the uh, I feel that, like we must that, have known by that point. Yeah. What was it? That was issues what 21 22 something they were, yeah, it something, went to 20 30? maybe 23 24 yeah or something yeah, something, something like yeah. That, yeah something they were around because it, it was by monthly then after that point as yeah well. so yeah we must yeah. have known by that point that they were doing that yeah yeah so they so that uh that gave it like if this is what the storytelling is going to be going forward yeah we're we're quite excited so yeah it was uh of course it was, it was interesting that, like i i saw some fans uh you know who were i guess liked like the current run and were and were and thought uh i i guess thought at that point that James Roberts was overrated. They're like, Oh, come back in a, in a year. Everyone will be, will be down on these comics. And I'm it glad took to more say than it. a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy was proven wrong. I think, I think uh, maybe in the, in percentage wise, but, but yeah. you know, it's, you don't have to throw a rock too far to hit somebody who, who yeah. gladly gripe about phase two. Yeah. No. And, and I think there, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, some some things in in phase two that uh, that I didn't like were was I mean and of course you know this is the the you know the the difficulty that comes with a licensed comic you know as soon as it became popular then Hasbro came in and said hey let's yeah. push some stuff in there and then you know I think Dark Cybertron went really I thought was really well done and it, I, you, okay you know, I will yeah. always stick up for Dark Cybertron yeah I wish people definitely. went so down on it I mean I think the yeah. the, the thing that hurt Dark Cybertron was the art. Um, mm, yeah, because and it was simply because you know they had to produce it well in advance as a pack right. in that that the regular art teams couldn't do the books. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was the big thing that that hurt Dark Cyber or hurt people's perceptions of Dark Cybertron. Yeah, they could have been Melman and and, um, and Griffith all the way through. Yeah, right. Um, no, Combiner Wars. Well, <laughs> not stick up too hard for that one. Titans, Titans Return. Return was all uh... right. <laughs> I mean, I think it was all right because it was just two issues and yeah, it was a little yeah, separate story yeah. off at the site anyway. And, it, you know, yeah. it wasn't cutting into what was going on already. It was just a little mm. thing at the end and it was fine. Combiner Wars. The thing that frustrates me about Combiner Wars is because, and I realized this, uh, I remember I was on a forum, so I remember in 2005 boards, uh, somebody asked, uh, what was it? What was the comic about? I want to know if I should get it or not. This was just somebody who was getting the toys and they were interested to know what the comic was about. And I wrote like a paragraph telling them, well, it was about this. And I looked back over the paragraph and I was like, hang on. This sounds like a good story. What happened? Because uh, <laughs> once, once I stripped it all away and look, looked at what yeah. the actual structure of the story was, it's like, that's actually quite, quite, quite good. It just got somewhere between concept and execution. It uh, mm-hmm. got a little fluffy. 
but you know, I mean, I, yeah. even then, you know, while I'll still always uh, stick up for the way that the stories, uh, Barber in particular, obviously not, not so much Roberts, but that's just because it wasn't his strength and no knock against him, uh, was always able to integrate those demands into his ongoing narrative in a way that didn't feel overly intrusive. And and yeah. he's always able to build upon whatever they introduced to do something else in the future. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And yeah, you you did mention that point in your recent basics on uh, robots in disguise. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I just watched that. So yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely don't have to throw a rock too far to hit a comment about somebody <laughs> who wants to gripe about phase two. I don't yeah. know that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't look at the comics. I have to, I have to yeah. go back and see. What... You, you're only a viewer. You don't have to look at the comments, but uh, somebody's <laughs> going to moderate these things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess the other, the other, uh, I guess, toy thing that, that came into phase two was Windblade, which mm. I thought was with, uh, with uh, Marigrid Scott kind of defining Windblade and, and her role in the IDW comics. And then, and then that, that, you know, going out to the larger Transformers universe uh, was, you know, really, I, I, it, it, she does have her detractors and haters, but I think sure, oh, sure. on the balance, Windblade was a, was a great addition. The Till All or One comic I thought was a, was a great continuation from John Barber's original mm-hmm. kind of political setup on Cybertron. Um, yeah. That, the I, original that, Windblade miniseries, I think got a little, rush, uh, the, the ending of it was never, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and a lot of, but a lot of people, it, it's a difficult thing to discuss like the because yeah the end of it is a little rushed uh mm-hmm. and, you know it's like chromia killed all these people and when it's like well don't do it again or we can't be friends uh <laughs> but there yeah. is a reason and but people will always gloss the end of that miniseries or detractors you know detractors mm-hmm. will always gloss the end of that miniseries as her covering up for her friend's murder and I'm like, well, yes, but you understand that the point of the miniseries was Windblade learning that one has to compromise one's morals for the greater good. And she's not happy about the fact that she's had to do it. And she hasn't done it for her friend. She hasn't even done it for her friend's benefit. She's done it to preserve the Alliance of Planets. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that it's, you know, the morally good or right choice, but that's yeah. the whole point of John Barber and by extension Margaret Scott's run is that not everybody mm-hmm. is always 100% right there is no moral black or moral white mm-hmm. yep. but don't get me started am I right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then of course I mean after phase two I mean I, I I was uh, you know I, I was hopeful that that uh, you know revolution and first strike and this Hasbro <laughs> comic universe was was going to be additive and not subtractive but i felt like it was it was very much like we will create this thing at the expense of the existing transformers universe and you know it's it's kind of built on the bones but we're see i didn't get that honestly i enjoyed the hasbro stuff like like there like i didn't even read rom or micronauts because i don't care about rom or micronauts (laughs) by all accounts they were the better ones you know the mask Mm -hmm. comic was dreadful um (laughs) But Revolution, I enjoyed as a crossover, as a big splashy mm. crossover. Uh, people talk about uh, Optimus Prime being, you know, subsumed by that, and I'm like, it's the same cast of humans appearing in the comic. They're just members of GI Joe now. Their actual role isn't really any different. Mm. Now, First Strike beefed it pretty hard. That one, I will always say. Like for, um, I mean, I mean, the Hasbroverse thing, though, it, like, like. The revolutionaries was great also i have to say that revolutionaries the issue series that was great and yeah. that led into first strike which i always thought it was weird that barbara wrote revolutionaries but then didn't write first strike even though 
revolutionaries was all about leading into and setting up first strike. Mm. Um, but uh, regardless of whether the Hasbro verse had happened or not, like the stuff that happened in Optimus Prime would always have happened. It would always have been about Optimus trying to build a working relationship between uh, mm. Earth and Cybertron and Earth joining the coalition. And just because the, the people, that, the humans that wound up being part of the story happened to have G.I. Joe code names, I don't think took anything away from the story yeah. in and of itself. But for Strike, um, for like five issues was was good. You know, if you if you can stand looking at G.I. Joe's, which I can, um, <laughs> and many, many Transformers fans can't, um, it's good. But then, oh, then Visionaries just... <clears throat> drops in at the end of that pretty yeah. much out of nowhere consumes the whole ending of the book the whole ending of the crossover is about something it hasn't been about before and turns out to only be set up for what's coming next that one really burned me because that and then the subsequent visionaries miniseries particularly the first issue with Verlina kills cup um those were what all the biggest naysayers feared uh, mm-hmm. and what people were, what people were, I think, unfairly and incorrectly claiming the Hasbro verse already was those, those, those mm-hmm. were that the real yeah. editorial intrusions into the story. Uh, but fortunately, you know, you can just not read visionaries. Uh, you know, when you're reading the, when you're doing your big read through of, say, John Barber yeah. and Marigold Scott's big uh, uh, seven year saga, visionaries is very skippable. <laughs> I mean, I did. I I was. I mean, you mentioned the the editorial inter- interference. It was it was pretty comical to me to see them set so definitively murder Cup and say he's dead. He's dead and then forever. to have a letter in the back saying <laughs> Cup's dead, and here's why that's good. Yeah. Sorry, David. Was... Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I hope we're still friends. But uh, uh, wow, I was like, I was like, wow. You yeah. are, you could not be trying harder to obviously <laughs> sell a bad idea. That... Yeah. Mm. I mean, especially. I mean, a cup had already died uh, maybe a couple of times in that run in, in the yeah in the whole that? IDW the run. Like... Two or three at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, really? It, it, this one is the definitive one. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then the thing that really bugged me though was that was, I mean, I don't necessarily consider it um, Magdalene Visaggio's fault because she was obviously handed this edict by editorial mm-hmm. to make this part of the first issue, and it was also clear that she uh, had had to start writing that or had not or had been not been provided with full and proper information of what was going to be in First Strike because they just don't line up. And you get this Visionaries miniseries, which uh, is, is it's essentially like it's a story about a refugee crisis, about the, the mm-hmm. people of Prismos seeking asylum on Cybertron. Um, but First Strike was a failed enemy invasion storyline. It wasn't mm-hmm. about what what uh, Visionaries pretended it to be. And then you get that Visionaries backup strip in Unicron where Viralina gets to have the happy ending. I'm like, <laughs> she killed Cup. Because she wanted yeah. to conquer the planet and the Transformers wouldn't let her conquer their planet. Why is she getting the happy ending? Mm. But don't get me started, yeah. am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's uh, let's 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 talk about happier things, maybe. <laughs> Well, I guess um, I mean maybe we can we can speculate about the future now. I mean, I, I think you know we're 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 close to the end of the IDW license at the end of this a year. A couple of um, shattered glasses yeah. left to go. 
Yeah. Hey, what were what were your thoughts on uh, on Last Spot Standing? Nick Roche's kind of oh, I really enjoyed it. The idea yeah, of, that yeah. was good. Yeah, was, I loved how it began. Yeah, like like uh, the archetypal Transformer story, a world mm-hmm. of. Not people, but people, people, but not people, you know, yeah, uh, and and uh, and robots hiding among them, visitors coming from space, you know, it's 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 any it's recognizable to any whether you read the Marvel comic or whether you read mm-hmm. the IDW starting with infiltration or whether you came in from the live action movies. It, ooh, it's so representative of those, like, is the ar- archetypal Transformers story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Lost Spot Standing. No, it was grim. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was not a happy. There were silly things in it, but it was yeah. not a happy story. And it didn't really. It, it, it. I don't know if it had a happy ending. Excuse me. I don't know if it had a mm. happy ending or not. Um, yeah. You know, Rodimus went in. Well, spoilers. Rodimus sort of <laughs> went into a, a permanent living death exile. But but the planet seemed like it was going to be able to have a future, but then I'm reading it and I'm like, well, it's the end of the living universe. How much longer does the planet really have? You know, but that's probably part of the, part of what he was shooting yeah. for anyway. No, yeah. I, I mean, I recommend I, that one to anybody. You could, just, you could just pick that up and read that. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. You know, if you, as long as you mm-hmm. just know what a transformer is and that they come from space and disguise themselves as our cars, <laughs> that's all you need to know. You can read it. Yep. And yeah, and then we're the yeah. So that that's kind of the. I think that's the. I would call that the like the the unofficial end of the IDW universe, where Shattered Glass is is more. I mean, it's it's. I I I'm enjoying Shattered Glass, but it's it is kind of you know it's the licensed obligation yeah. that uh, that has. It's that a shame has to fulfill, that that yeah. has to be that had that that wound up yeah. being the last thing that it couldn't be something more definitive. Yeah. I mean, I think I think back to uh, how. Phase one, not phase one, uh, era one, IDW mm. 1.0, to how it ended. And we had that bam, bam, bam of more than meets the other, Lost Light 25 and Unicron mm-hmm. 6, and then Optimus Prime 25 being the postscript of the entire universe. Yeah. And then it took a few months off before the new series started. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's unfortunate, I think, that this current era has has lacked that, that note of finality with these comic pack in shattered glass issues having to be the last yeah. few things to trickle out but yeah such is life you know it's not mm-hmm. like it's going to be a big black mark on idw's history or anything that's the unfortunate thing is obviously because that idw 1.0 knew well in advance that they were ending and they were able to bring um barber's run in particular was really able to bring all its themes and all its character arcs to a well-timed conclusion in a way that really felt like it drew a line under everything that he had been doing and, and ended the story. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, the Brian Ruckley did not <clears throat> have quite as much uh, time yeah. as much leeway. And I'm not, you know, I feel like he, he delivered a, a solid satisfying ending uh, as much as could be expected with the time that he had left to work with. Um, I, I like the fact that the IDW, the, the, the 2019 series uh, it, basically ended with the setup that transformers of the movie starts with um you know mm-hmm. the autobots have left cybertron they've gone to gather their forces on the moon while the decepticons control cybertron that's you know anybody then who's been reading it you know that's one of the most important pieces of transformers media ever the movie anybody will recognize that yeah. and feel that 
that that Uroboros circling around. Yeah. And, and that's how I, why I felt like it worked as a pretty uh, decent ending to the whole thing. I mean, I do wonder yeah. about the uh, the cancelled miniseries, the big multiversal crossover <clears throat> uh, collision mm-hmm. course, but I'm not necessarily sad that one didn't happen mm-hmm. uh, because I'm just tired of multiverse stuff, not specifically with Transformers, yeah. like just in general. And uh, I don't, I don't feel like I missed out on anything by that one not happening. Yeah, I mean that that I was that was something I, I wanted to touch on too. I mean, we've had like I feel like in the last maybe four or five years, we've had so many crossovers that I thought would never happen. I mean, not even just in Transformers. I mean, you can, you can all all media. I mean, as yeah, in this era, crowd, that's all of media is a crossover yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when 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 single companies own like you know. 10,000 different properties then yep. you know the everyone has the bri- bright idea to to mash them up and it's it's happening more and more frequently um, and, and and you know when everything is special nothing is <laughs> yeah. and that can yes. be a very morbid way of looking at it but it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i was i i was you know i, I was really happy with um with the back to the future crossover the go- i mean back to the future and ghostbusters those are two things that were those were those are part of my childhood that's when i yeah. was in 1984 i was eight years old saw ghostbusters oh, 19, there you go uh, you see perfect yeah, age. Ni- <laughs> 1985 i was nine i saw back to the future those two things you know uh but yeah i mean it it has kind of exploded i mean we, in the comics we've had uh we've had what star trek we've had uh back to the future terminator terminator yeah Ponies. um yeah and uh uh and then just in the toys they've done they've done back to the future ghost but uh, ghostbusters in the comics too they've done the jurassic park now top gun mm. things like, yeah yeah the, i wouldn't some mind things, them scaling it back a little in the yeah. toys because because uh, yeah. uh collaborative has felt turned into feel like kind of a dumping ground lately with that yeah. uh tonka devastator that they're doing I'm like, yeah what is that really as a crossover you know the 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 appeal of crossovers was was that you got a famous vehicle from a film that became a transformer Mm -hmm. you know not that you got megatron who became a a hiss tank or whatever yeah Yeah. although i kind of excuse that one it's i feel like it would be better marketed (laughs) as its own separate line though i mean who are you really collaborating with you're collaborating with yourself on that one that's just hasbro (laughs) meets hasbro yeah yeah, and I mean, uh, de- I mean, it's Devastator. It's the the Tonka bot. It's, it's just Devastator. Just re- just yeah. release Devastator. That's I, I mean, will, I don't really yeah. want <clears throat> Devastator recolored and branded yeah, as Tonka Autobots on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I do so. like that it's new characters. I will I will say yeah. that, um, but it's a shame that there's no biographical information to you. Like you were just talking earlier on about how the importance of the characters and the lore and everything. It's a shame that just in general with the toy line, that that's kind of where we live now is that we don't Mm -hmm. get uh, bios to tell us about, you know, who, who is paleo tracks? What's their deal? I don't know. You know, the the fossilizer (laughs) from kingdom. That is if if for anybody out there who shrugged because they couldn't even remember who that was (laughs) because there's no character attached to them, you know, but they might've had one in, Earth Wars. I don't know. Nobody plays Earth Wars. That's a lie. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, and this was this was you know in the in the I guess in the days where like I would say like mid to late nineties where, where Beast Wars was popular, but of course G one stuff was kind of you know on the back burner. Hmm. The you know fanfic was where a lot of the like yeah. lore and stuff was was, was lived and you know. Of course, you know, of course, James Roberts famously came from fanfic oh. as, you know, as uh, 
that was his claim to fame before getting the IDW gig. So yeah, maybe maybe there's a new generation of fanfic out there to to take some of these things. It's and, it's, it's curious, isn't it? Like because yeah. I, I mean I've I've talked about this sort of thing before, you know. But it's like the the one school of thought, you know, says that there are, are two essentially two sides to fandom. There's the curative side. And then there's the transformative side. And I, I tend to think of that one as the creative side because you talk about the transformative side of transformers can be confusing to talk about. <laughs> but like the curative side and curative side, uh, th- that's mm-hmm. the the ones who want to list and preserve and archive and quantify, and uh, uh, they, they focus on what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's the transformative side or the creative side. That's the fan art and the fanfic side, you know, the ones who are always coming up with with the new visions for it, the new ways of telling the story, new ways of interpreting the characters. Um, and uh, again, again, this one school of thought will tend to say it's not a universal truth, but that the curative side is more male, more male oriented, or more male dominated, mm-hmm. and the transformative side of the creative side is more female dominated. And I think that's very, very true with Transformers. When you mm-hmm. when you look at the people who have become famous uh, uh, through fan art uh, and who have become the next generation of artists to jump on uh, from from fan to professional on the latter era of IDW is your Anna Malkova's your Amy Meow's your uh, your your Bethany um uh, uh what's her name McGuire Smith um, McGuire Smith McGuire Smith, Smith double barrel yeah. just couldn't remember for <laughs> um uh yeah uh, uh and uh and the thing is like um back in the 90s when you talk about fan fiction that was a more or the 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 way the fandom was shaped then a lot of the fan fiction that uh, got the most eyes on it was was written by men but it was so much of it was what happens between uh, G1 season 2 and the movie what happens mm-hmm. between G1 and Beast Wars it was curative minded it was a response to an absence of uh, of yeah. generation one media and you know ever since the live action movie and, and even a little earlier than that's minus we are so spoilt there's no shortage of transformers media at any point uh, i mean wh- when did you last hear about a, a a bloke writing a fan fiction yeah that's true <laughs> and i'm not saying it's not happening i'm sure it yeah. is but but when was it last a, 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 like a, a notable thing people were talking about on the internet, the yeah. way some of the fan fictions back in the day used to be used to be talked about. Uh, and I, yeah. I I feel like I made my point there, but I kind of forgot what it was. <laughs> I kind of drifted <laughs> off on. Um, yeah, so so I don't know if there is another James Roberts waiting in the wing. That's what I was going to say because uh, yeah. I mean, and that you know that that is not in any way to minimize the the quality of the stories or, or the you know, the new ideas that were being explored in the stories back then. But your Roach and your your Roberts and your Lawrence, and they came out of the Transmasters UK, the uh, the UK fan group, which was fundamentally a response it didn't it existed before it ended but the things that they went on to do were fundamentally a response to the end of the original uk comic a response to an absence mm-hmm. rather than a desire to take what existed and make something new out of it excuse me yeah yeah so i'm getting so worked up here i'm still gassing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, let's uh, let's uh, circle back around. Like, what what do you think? Uh, the like, do you think that the Transformers comics are going to have another? Like, I, I mean, I know that they're the license is going to move. There's rumors that it's going to Skybound Entertainment, yep. which is uh, Robert Kirkman's outfit. Uh, nothing has been confirmed yet, so we still don't know. Maybe uh, New York Comic Con will 
That's, I mean, I would have thought if it was going to start, it would start at the start of the year. I, I would have thought yeah. they wouldn't have wanted to wait. And given that we've known for, we will have known for a, so it was announced in like January, wasn't it? It was really, mm-hmm. we've known for a whole solid yeah. year. Um, I figure we're just waiting for the, soli- when is New York Comic Con? Uh, October. So, oh, well, that's uh, it. Well, then, uh, oh, wait, no, hang on. The January, wait, are, what month is this? This is September. 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 Have we had the so solicit? October- I'm trying to for think January, when the solicits not, for January come out. Do they come out this month or next month? I think next month. So it's it's usually well, three months. Then, so yeah. yeah. So then if, uh, would, if the January guess, solicits yeah. are due in October, then I would say mm-hmm. I would say there's a very good chance that it could be announced next month then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to expect at all, to be honest. Um I was chatting about this with Andy Turnbull, also of uh, Transmasters UK, uh, at TF Nation uh, uh, last month. And to be honest, and this is not like a slight against any of the work IDW has done recently or any kind of um, uh, worry about what whoever the next license holder would, I would be perfectly happy if Transformers Comics just went away for a bit. Maybe just mm-hmm. take a year, honestly. Uh, and the way uh, Andy phrased it was, you can't miss it if it's never gone. That's true. Uh, yeah, And uh, you know, I would just be happy for it to just take a year off or whatever. I know it won't, but uh, I don't know what to expect from the new license holder, to be honest. Uh, part of me uh, fears a big return to, uh, uh, with, a, with a new publisher starting over, a return to a G1 uh, universe that won't have much new to say. Um, but I don't, I don't know really what to expect. Um mm-hmm. It'll be a fresh, well, let, well, it's, let's, uh, you know, sorry, go on. let's, I was going to say, let's, uh, let's do your wish. So uh, you have, you I have, rarely uh, have wishes. Honestly, that's the okay. thing though. No, I, okay. I don't, uh, whenever anybody asks me that my answer is I want something. I want to be surprised. I want something yeah. that I don't know what I want. I want them to show me something new. I don't, I, mm-hmm. So that's my wish, you know, so I can't therefore say, you know, because I don't, because if I want something that I've never seen before, there's no point in me imagining it because if I've imagined it, then I've already formed an idea of what it'll be and it'll have to live up mm-hmm. to or, or live down to whatever idea I've created. So I just want, I just want something different, you know, and like, like earth sparks. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah. so hyped for earth spark because <laughs> it is something different in this house for once. <laughs> we've we've been in this interim period for the last couple of years. Really, I really I think since IDW phase one ended, um we have been in this sort of period of recalibration where mm-hmm. you had we had Cyberverse, which was made by the seat of its pants. Uh I think that the writers themselves they didn't even have a Bible until they were about six episodes down. I don't think they ever had a Bible. I don't think they even really knew what they were doing with the show until they were a couple of episodes in and um and the format of the show completely changed during series two and three. And the Bumblebee movie, which uh was great. You know, I really enjoyed it. Uh mm-hmm. but uh it did it did try to push things back in a G1 direction just with its prologue. You know, the rest of the film was, was not that, but that prologue was like, Hey kids, remember this. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, and even war for Cybertron, the way it took over from uh, the prime wars trilogy of trying to, I mean, that was combiners and, and headmasters, but it was, you know, characters who'd never been combiners before characters who'd never been headmasters before new, new twists and tweaks on old ideas where uh, as the war for Cybertron trilogy has, um, 
you know, been a great trilogy. Do not get me wrong. And I was very cold on the War for Cybertron siege when they announced the toys, because that was right when I was when I felt like this period of was starting and I Mm -hmm. looked at it and I was like, how many times can I honestly buy Optimus Prime (laughs) and Bumblebee and Starscream and Megatron again and again and again. And then I happened to get my hands on a siege one. Um, Gav Spence uh, of Transformers reviews done quick on YouTube. Uh, He, uh, I was, uh, I was visiting with some Scottish friends and he happened to have the siege Optimus. And I, got a hands-on with it and i was like oh no this is amazing actually <laughs> and you know that that was basically me yeah. then on 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 siege and but um uh, all of uh the war for cybertron trilogy was uh I, I to me it's like the apotheosis of what hasbro has been chasing since classics started in 2006 the original characters, G1 characters, recreated with modern toy technology. You know, with, with through the classics and Generations mm-hmm. era, we had reimagined alternate modes. But then through the War for Cybertron trilogy, we have just the classic cartoon alternate modes. And I looked at them and I went, these are tremendous. You know, like this is the last toy I'll ever need to buy of Hoist, of Blaster, of Perceptor, whatever, you know. Uh, and my question then was, you know, where where do we go from here mm-hmm. and uh, legacy came along and the answer was finally well first kingdom came along and then following on from that you know the answer was well we do some other series finally <laughs> so <laughs> but i'm still curious about where yeah. where we go after legacy ends because mm-hmm. it does feel like we're coming out the back end of this couple of year period and we got we got rise of the beasts coming next year which i'm mm-hmm. um i mean how excited is one sensibly allowed to get for a live action Transformers <laughs> movie in 2022, you know? Bumblebee yeah. was good, but, you know? But I will be there day one. It's it's like I was just saying about the comics, you know, can't miss it if it hasn't been gone. And hey, by the time that comes out, it's going to have been nearly five years since there was a live action Transformers movie. And mm-hmm. live action Transformers, that's still enough on its own for me, honestly, you know, to get <laughs> live action Beast Wars? Come on, yes! I will go and see that. Will it be good? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, at the at the very least, I mean, so my 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 constant complaint with with Michael Bay was that the I mean, in a, well, beyond just, you know, not having any respect or regard for continuity between their own movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, always a focus on the human. The humans were all the human stories were always front and center and focus. And the Transformers are always background characters. So my my main my main desire to see a Transformers movie is where the Transformers are the main characters. If if they can, well, I mean, I think that, that will never fundamentally happen because the yeah. tra- because they're live action films. This is what this is what yeah. I always say. They're live action yeah. films. Therefore, the human actors are the stars. They are the they yeah. are the vehicle. You know, normal people do actually go to see films based on who's in them. It's a, it's a horrifying thought we as nerds have to face up to, where we go to see them for genres and things and yeah. whether they're not their franchises we enjoy. Normal people sometimes be like, oh, I like that actor. Maybe we'll go and see that one. You know, no. Um, not that no, I, I mean, think there's this... anybody of any great note in Rise of the Beasts, to be fair. But there well, is a the, balance um, that can be achieved. Yeah. And I think the guy from Hamilton. Great... The guy from Hamilton is. You see, I don't is know offhand. Yeah. You know, I've never seen Hamilton. Yeah. Um, uh, 
but I think, but Bumblebee, I think, was a great example of of striking that balance, you know, of the of the yeah. relationship. I mean, Bumblebee was definitely like Charlie was the lead, and mm-hmm. Bumblebee was the co lead. And it's yeah. like, whereas in a, in like a Bay film, it's not like Sam was the lead, and then everyone else was like down at the level yeah. of the other car- the other human characters in um, mm-hmm. in Bumblebee. You know, no, they were all definitely the cast and then the transformers were yeah. visual effects, you know? And I think that the Bay movies did get a bit better about that as time went on. Uh, but you know, as you say that they were there, they're, but they, I mean, they did some stuff with Optimus uh, in, in age of extinction. Yeah. One I to point to, there was a, the Optimus genuinely had like an arc in that. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, that was you know, something mean, that other films didn't have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my thing was with the Transformers movies, you could at the very minimum, you could have scenes where the humans are driving around in the cars and talking to the Transformers oh, yes. while they're uh, in the car. Uh, uh, I mean, a hundred percent. Yes. Why don't they talk when they're in car mode? Yes. Yeah. I mean, weird, that is it's so obviously a deliberate choice because yeah. it never happens in five films. Wait, does hot, maybe Hot Rod does it a little in the last night. I can't remember. Mm. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's like, why, why not? You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, Rise of the Beasts does as excited as I am for uh, uh, all the Beast Wars characters and what fundamentally seems to be a version of R.I.D. Scourge and Nightbirds in there, and I'm sure there's others. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. It's hard to keep track. It does sound very stuffed with Maximals mm. and Terrorcons and. Predacons are they've been name dropped as well, haven't they? Decepticons haven't been, so, but yeah. Predacons yeah. have been, yeah. That sounds like a lot. It mm-hmm. does make me think more of the Bay stuff than it does of Bumblebee, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one has to there's a certain after listen, after six films, one knows where one's expectations sit. You know, <laughs> one one knows to temper one's <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I did want to go back to um, to Cyberverse because uh, I, did, yes, sir, I, I actually, did an awful lot of bouncing around there from yeah. thing to thing for a minute there. I beg your pardon, Cyberverse. No, no. I mean, so I mean, well, we. I, I just wanted because you mentioned you mentioned that, and I, I did want to just mention. I I thought I mean it, you you mentioned how Cyberverse seemed to like. I mean, it started off as kind of this is a very Bumblebee and Windblade focused story. Then it's uh, then it's like uh, more of an epic. Then we end with kind of like the matrix and uh, and like you know the other kind of and then the war ends and then we i it was it went through it spanned through a lot of different themes yeah. and i actually quite enjoyed it it was i mean it was marketed very weirdly in the sense that like they're still saying it's a bumblebee show when bumblebee is yeah. hardly in it at all Just at the point where bumblebee <laughs> dropped out of it was when they decided to yeah. start marketing it as a bumblebee yeah. show yeah but uh but i was really i was really impressed with how much i they packed into that show over the three three or four seasons they had and and how much interesting stories they managed to tell and then i i and it is i mean it is primarily primarily focused on you know the the kids it's the kids focused cartoon sure and i don't have a problem with that i'd like more transformer stuff to be more kid focused yeah if i could genuinely have my druthers i would knock this one collector's line one kid's line thing on the head and just go back to having one line again yeah and that's probably yeah. an unpopular opinion among a lot of people, but I, I would. That's well, what I would do. 
I mean, that's that's where I one of the things I see the 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 kids' toy line kind of seems to kind of suffer. Like they don't spend at least yeah. the toy engineering doesn't seem to spend a lot of money on the kids' toy lines, and the and the show is great. And then I look at the toys, and I'm like, I don't want yeah. any of these toys for this show. Cyber Cyberverse was the first time where I said, yeah. uh, you know, I bought I bought the Warrior class figures from RID. But Cyberverse was the line where I said, no, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I cannot buy these, you know, uh, because yeah. they're for kids and that's fine. You know, kids, whatever, but they're just not what I care to. It's just, it's, it's not just like uh, about engineering or anything like that. They're clearly made with a whole different mindset where it's not about this. is So I don't know when the last time we had a Transformer series that was toy first was made. That's a lie. It was War for Cybertron. Just realized there. <laughs> Toys came first there. Um, uh, and we know how well that turned out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so much Transformers is made for the screen first now. And then it falls upon the toy designers to take those designs and turn them into toys. And that mm-hmm. really began with uh, the live action movie and with animated. But there was really tight collaboration with animated to make that work. Um, but yet as, as, as much as I'll sing animated praises all day long, it did also result in a toy line where we, and this was not something we were used to. And it's, it's, it's sadly pretty commonplace today, but back then it wasn't commonplace and it's still something the line is remembered for. It did result in a toy line where we didn't get everybody as toys. Mm-hmm. We didn't get Constructicons. We didn't get Omega Supreme. We didn't get Wasp. We didn't get Slipstream and more. Um, and that's because it's done for the screen first. And it, they, and, and, and that more than ever now, that's what uh, the kids line feels like where they yeah. make, they'll make, they're not, it's not about you have your scouts and you have your deluxes and your voyagers and they're all supposed to like exist in a world together. Scouts are the small guys, medium guys and large guys. And that's the size that the guys are and they all live together. They're, they're a gimmick class and they just make the same characters in each of those classes. So you can have mm. a, a figure of that. I mean, I, I understand the rationale behind it. It's so that a kid uh, can uh, reasonably have a small inexpensive bumblebee, and instead of instead of you know, there being one bumblebee toy that costs one price, it's possible for a kid to have a small, inexpensive bumblebee and not have to have their parent shell out the mm-hmm. twenty five bucks or whatever the one with the pop out missiles cost. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Cyberverse did also make a very weird choice with the smallest figures, those little half transformed vehicle modes, um, and 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 Earthspark. Regrettably, Earthspark does look set to continue yeah. in that mold now out of the gate uh uh earthspark is doing let's proper toys uh which which cyberverse didn't do until well into the run and they what well, they do they only did eight of them didn't they they were the ones that came with the uh, mcadam build aparts mm. yeah um, but they've announced a warrior class uh size class price point in the in the cyberverse toy line and i i will probably buy those certainly at least of, of twitch and thrash the new characters mm-hmm. yeah uh, but uh, cyberverse as a show though I, I did enjoy i mean cyberverse uh, uh again very cold on it when it was announced because they announced it was going to be an 11 minute uh show mm-hmm. and i was and that's like that's a dragon that children's animation has been chasing for most of the 2010 since adventure time came on and made the format cool where you can have uh, t- uh, 11 minutes of comedy, but there's, re- there's a bigger story building up behind it. Mm-hmm. And, and 
I felt that it was just as animation was pulling itself back up out of that curve that Cyberverse landed, and I felt, oh, you're a little, you're a little late to the party with your eleven minutes there. Um, but I did expect from Cyberverse, I expected it to be a sort of whimsical comedy thing, a, a whimsical dramedy, where you know we would have a, the way they sold it about Bumblebee experiencing his memories, about, yeah, you know, yeah. sports games and things. And I'm like, all right, so there's going to be episodes where they go to the beach and where they play football or whatever. Um, but then season one of Cyberverse came along, and it actually turned out to be like the most tightly serialized Transformers cartoon since like Beast Machines. <laughs> <laughs> where like every episode directly followed on from the next one. Um, so the fact that it, 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 I had very low expectations. So the fact that it was able to exceed them makes me, uh, I probably have a better opinion or I'm kinder to the first season of Cyberverse than a lot of people uh, will be. But uh, I think Cyberverse only went from strength to strength as it went on. And the, the third season in particular, finally finding something new to do with the Quintessons. Uh, yeah. those, are, those are characters that have struggled for a long time now because they've lived in that weird space where the only thing, besides the trials, the only thing anybody's ever known how to do with them is like, well, they're the creators, except they're not. You know the, the 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 place they found for them in the aligned lore, the Bible, the binder, the 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 big vision, the modern unified vision of Transformers lore that still informs everything today, is that they are they they came in and invaded the planet and enslaved the Transformers for the while and pretended to be their creators, but they weren't really. And it's like the only reason to do that is to try and square the circle of the of the conflicting classic origins when you could just ignore it and do something else instead, which is what Cyberverse did and made them these Lovecraftian old ones who judge a universe worthy of life. But easily the best thing anybody's done with the Quintessons in a decade that, that, that mm-hmm. season. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, um, maybe uh, I think we're yeah we're going past an hour here, so maybe we should. Oh, we should, I don't know what our, I didn't know we had a time limit because I could go on whatever I, you know I can go on and well, on and on. No, I mean there's there's no hard limit, but I I don't want to I don't want to keep you forever. But uh, um, but I did want to um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, like tra- my Transformers seems to occupy occupy kind of a weird space in online fandoms like it feels to me like it's it's not top tier like it's not it's not talked about in the same space with like your star wars or your marvel Mm. or your star trek or whatever but online there are so many resources like you met like the tf wiki that that you know you had a hand in starting it's so extensive like if you go if you have any question about transformers you go on the tf wiki and probably find the answer i mean you've you've personally started the basic series that covers a lot of different transformers lore there's so much stuff out there um but but i think it's it's kind of regarded as well it's just stuff for marketing toys why why should anyone give a crap about it's a it funny one isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, and i, I, I just yeah i mean i mean just for for me it's like it, it's i i i kind of feel a little a little inferiority complex like why <laughs> why is why isn't transformers talked about in the same breath as you know your star wars and your marvels or whatever but you know i think you have it you know it's it's <laughs> yeah. because all transformers media for as 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 good as some of it is, and as and as bad as some of it is, um, it is it is it is it is not the product. The toys aren't mm-hmm. the product. But in yeah. the case of Star Wars and and Star Trek and and, and Marvel and DC Comics, you know, the story is the product. 
Right. And, and then the stuff that, that uh, and although those have toy upon toy upon toy and merch upon merch upon merch, those are, those are the adjuncts to the, uh, the, the media itself, which is the product. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, I imagine, you know, if you actually look at hard numbers, that obviously the money that Star Wars toys bring in <laughs> must be more than ticket sales or, or Disney yeah. Plus subscriptions. But, but, you know, it's still like the story itself is seen as the product. But I, I feel like Transformers fans have always... I think it's the thing that stops Transformers fans getting, or, you know, well-adjusted Transformers fans <laughs> from getting a bit too big for their boots, a bit too high and mighty mm-hmm. about Transformers. And, 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 and that's part of the identity of TF Wiki in itself. It's because it acknowledges, we're aware that it's just silly stuff for, for yeah. selling toys. And although people can, can aspire to create, you know, art from it and, and succeed many times and create, stories with great meaning and characters that resonate with people over decades. Uh, Those who have that understanding that that's what it is. uh, I I feel they're just like slightly more well-adjusted, you know, it's, uh, you'll get the, uh, you know, I, I see a, since I've started doing the YouTube and and the, the basics, I, I'm exposed to a lot more shitty opinions than I would choose to be uh, (laughs) on a day-to-day basis uh, from comments. Uh, And, you know, uh, they 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 run the gamut. The comments from people who are uh, passionate comment. Well, they're always passionate. I mean, the direction of the passion is is the question. But you know, it's not uncommon that I'll see comments from people going, "Yeah, this used to be great," and then Hasbro got greedy, and I'm like, it was literally always about creating yeah. advertising <laughs> copy to sell toys. With yes, have perspective. And I'm saying mm-hmm. this as somebody who does this for a living. Have, have perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go back, Bob Budiansky writing, like, every profile for the first Transformers characters over, like, Banging Thanksgiving over weekend. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, and none of that was, was meant to be, you know, taken as this deep lore that you should study and, and focus on for, for your entire life. Yeah. Uh, and as we I have say, done that. That, is, that is not to say that yeah. people have not built incredible things out of it and have yeah. not, I mean, even, even as far back as the 80s with, with the stories that, let's say, the Marvel UK comic was aspiring to tell, uh, uh, you know, big epic adventure stories for kids stress that point that it's easy it's easy to like look back and forget like because we came up with them or whatever but the the marvel comic for instance it was always a children's comic and all its stories were always pitched at a a a level Mm -hmm. for children and it's it was really only when idw came along that we got transformers store and not until phase well i'm not sure exactly when but definitely in phase two is the point where you could point and say like, well, these just aren't for children. Like uh, that's the, that's the yeah. IDW phase two stories. They're not, they're not for children. They are, they are stories written for adults. Uh, a Dreamwave had the veneer of that. Uh, Dreamwave was written for 20 year olds. Uh, mm-hmm. People who were the I would say about Dreamwave is that it was the exact right thing at the exact right time to experience the exact levels of success it had. Um, yeah. riding the the anime wave uh, and the the nostalgia wave at exactly the right time at exactly the same time, um, but those were stories that were written for uh, twenty year olds and uh, and uh, were just the cartoon. But somebody might t- say a swear, uh, 
<laughs> uh, uh, but but the you know the phil- philosophical component of IDW Phase Two uh, is enough to make it very clear that those weren't stories for children, and, and in many cases are stories I wouldn't give to children. You know, yeah. there's a lot of nasty stuff happens in in Phase Two. Like I feel like I could give a child uh, Simon Fermanations. Feel like I could do that. Okay, because mm-hmm. Furman. You know, fundamentally, that's the level that he wrote for when he wrote Transformers. It was for kids and and Transformers fans. And Furman hasn't pushed too far against the boundaries of acceptability uh, for for kids stuff. Because um, I mean, he I mean, he wrote uh, so much of the the, the last real big uh, Transformers comic for children, which I, I, yeah, it's probably the last big Transformers comic for children was uh, the UK the Titan UK comic. The stuff oh, okay, that, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that is a weird little foreign bolt on. <laughs> you know, that's something sticking yeah. on the side of uh, of the movie verse. But um, you know, that was absolutely written for children. And uh, I'm struggling to think of an example of a Transformers comic that was like, like I guess the R.I.D. 2015 comic for the you know all, all six issues of it that existed. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can point a lot of the like more than meets the eye comics. You can say that it's just body horror. If those were if those characters mm. were human, it would just be Ooh, body horror. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. what was it? So, well, how do we get onto that one? Sorry, I forgot where we drifted from. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just just like the the way the Transformers. As a as a as a pro- media property slash yes. fandom, how it, op- it we- operates in this weird space that's like just below top tier. Because yeah, as but you mentioned, the- yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like yeah. below top tier, because you know we are not GI Joe and we're not Turtles and we're not Thundercats. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and to be fair, Turtles is obviously much far above GI Joe and Thundercats and Silverhawks and. Uh, He-Man even as well, really, you know, th- yeah. those are things, you know, like with Thundercats and let's say Thundercats and Silverhawks and He-Man are things that um, have exclusively just been selling or have only been managing to sell to their adult fans for a long time now, whereas mm-hmm. Transformers still does enjoy success with children and so does Turtles. But well, it's, it's, as you say, it's like the, 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 the Transformers, it does occupy a weird middle tier where we are yeah. as industrious and as dedicated to archiving and and uh, our community is as vibrant as trek or wars or um marvel uh, uh yeah uh other, i mean our wiki's better than the marvel wiki you know <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but but yeah but b- because it is that uh kids property it does it doesn't make that jump into the and i'm kind of happier like that to be honest mm-hmm. like i i don't uh, i feel like that as i say i feel like that gives it perspective it, it uh it stops us from taking it all too seriously because the minute you start taking it all too seriously is like ugh, pack it in mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, just it's rubbish it. for children mate <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also on the flip side on the on the product uh um side I've never I I don't know of any other toy line that has a complete like cottage industry of other designers and engineers building like just you know take it's it, it, taking making unofficial versions of this toy IP. It's it's very like I've never yeah. seen that anywhere else. It's it's and, crazy, isn't it? I, I yeah. don't know. I can't I mean I obviously there's the famous story about ooh, who was it? Was it Wei Jang? Tried to do a knockoff Hot Toys uh, Iron Man 
and got the most uh, down on oh, them. Oh, maybe. Was that Wayne <laughs> yeah. I, can't remember. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. like Hasbro is like the one guys who will let you, basically, seems, yeah. <laughs> seems to be the lesson to take away from there. Hey, yeah. they let me do what I do. They haven't brought the hammer down on me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is. that is on their a, toes, and I guess you'll be all right. <laughs> That that is another, I think, another kind of blessing of this this weird space because Hasbro is very light on the fanfic or fan art, or you know, it's mm. it's not it's not anywhere. Like, I mean, it's I mean, of course, like Marvel and and, and other stuff, they they don't come down on people just doing fan art or whatever. But people no. will people will sell like people sell Transformer like Transformers esque merchandise, and yeah. and Hasbro is 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 happy to let that continue as long as long as you're not like directly competing with their but that, toys. There's the competition thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know? I mean, still, uh, you'll find uh, people will try to avoid uh, uh, using, say, the symbols. It's like, I don't have any merch, right, from my channel because mm. uh, there's not much I can really merchandise. I can't do a shirt with my logo on it because my logo is the Transformers lo- font with the, the word, the basics over the top of it. Look, <laughs> I, I don't even need to test the waters. Like, I know that would be a no-no, yeah. you know? Um Compared the the only other idea for merch I've ever really had is a T-shirt that says I was uh, 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 I got offlined by a cosmically powered Starscream and all I got was this lousy T-shirt, but uh, <laughs> but it would have to say Starscream on it and that's probably it's probably mm-hmm. dodgy right especially if if, yeah. if it had a picture of him on or anything like that. Um, so you know uh, it's like uh, like the uh, the Forge the artist Sally at TF Nation. I believe one of the guidelines for being uh, in that is that none of your merch has the uh, uh, insignia in it, that you don't mm. use the Autobot or Decepticon insignia because those are like trademarked right. uh, uh, visuals. But you can do mm-hmm. the characters, for instance. But then you remember, ooh, when was it? You know, when back when BotCon were having their um, their big push to keep third party out, how that sort of got... I mean, I don't know how truly successful that ever was because I was only ever at one BotCon. But there was that year that that kind of overflowed and suddenly people were talking about Bannon fan art as well at one year. And they did walk that mm. back in the end, but, but uh, it's a weird slope, you know, it's a kind of yeah. slippery uh, whenever you, yeah. when you look too closely at it. And that's why, why that distance is good. Because if you get anybody looking too closely at it, you never know how much you could ruin everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a way to give a definitive end statement, but I will. Uh, I'll, I'll say that uh, it's it's really been a pleasure just just having the, the chance to talk to you and chat with you. I think uh, if if the time zone difference were not as bad, we'd we'd have you on transmissions <laughs> pretty frequently. Just just uh, gosh, I, I don't know. It's it feels like the Transformers podcast scene was huge. I, I guess it's nearly ten years ago now. But mm. uh, but there's there's like what three podcasts left these days, <laughs> three or four. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there there are, there are smaller ones cropping up. I guess it, it depends on like. Oh, yeah, I don't mean to denigrate yeah. like, any of the smaller yeah. podcasters or anything, but yeah. it felt like it's it's like uh, YouTube reviews. You know, everybody. Mm-hmm tried i did a little bit of that 10 years ago and more mm-hmm. um all gone now don't worry all privated <laughs> on the channel not there anymore don't, don't go looking um uh yeah but it, it's like the it's like the the wheat and the chaff the chaff fell away mm-hmm. from the wheat you know mm-hmm. it's only the the people who've really 
proven themselves the, the best ones have clung in there for as mm. long as they have now, you know. And, uh, you know, what, what will be the next thing? What, 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 what yeah. we've had, we've had Hot, podcasts, hollow vids or something. Reviews. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. VTubing. Transformers <laughs> yeah. VTubing. That'll be the next thing. Are there any of those yet? Is that a thing yet? That feels like that should be uh, a thing, right? People talking with like, like OC Transformer VTuber. <laughs> Does that happen? Somebody get on that. Get on that. That's the next thing. <laughs> Someone will, someone will figure it out. <laughs> but I, yeah, I did uh, just, uh, you know, I did want to like, uh, I really enjoyed uh, your time on the underbase. I mean, I, 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 the underbase was how I got into Transformers podcast in particular, just cause you know, I was, I was really into the comics. So listening to those reviews every week was, was really fun. So uh, yeah, pour one out yeah. for the underbase. Yeah. How long ago was that now? Like, you know, when did the underbase come to an end? I mean, I was regular oh. on the underbase for for RID, and mm. then after Dark Cybertron, we flipped over. We flipped. We flipped the casts. I remember. I don't remember a lot of the underbases thing now at this point because it's, <laughs> it's that. You know, what's Dark Cybertron? Dark Cybertron is eight years ago, nine mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we flipped the casts, and so I was on more than meets the eye. And the last thing I can remember is Slaughterhouse. I don't think we reached Elegant oh. Chaos. So you know we didn't we didn't get like ten issues into mm. into season two before uh, just you know it was just real life just happened there was no big yeah no big story or anything in real life just happened stuff got in the way um, yeah that that was uh, I mean I, I I credit a lot of that podcasting stuff with uh, becoming a bigger part of the community in the UK and and auto assembly as well you know I mean mm-hmm. I remember my, my first auto assembly in two thousand eight I uh, didn't know really anybody. Uh, just kind of slunk around the place, but then 2009. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a uh, that was the year of the, I was thinking that was, that was the year of the Moonbase two, because mm. the Dave and and Andy were the hosts of the Moonbase two at the time. Um, there was like a big Moonbase meet in one of the function rooms at uh, at the convention that weekend, and that was also the that was also the first time Auto Assembly had gone from being one day to two days, and oh, okay. uh, it was that was just. You know, it didn't just transform the convention, like it transformed, I feel like, the landscape of the UK community in that movie mm-hmm. in a way that is still like being felt now today. And uh I, I think I had done some podcast stuff with Dave and Andy before that I must have done because I remember I was on with them to talk about Revenge of the Fallen when it came out, and that was summer two thousand nine, so the convention hadn't happened yet by that point. So I guess through i can't remember the exact chain of events but yeah i guess it was in 2009 or maybe even maybe well some, sometime around then i got on then and from then it's all just a snowball you know i uh mm-hmm. i often say i don't i don't true i truly and i mean it i don't care to think about uh where i would be in life and what i would be like as a person uh if it were not for that convention in 2009 that that you know, open came out of my shell a bit. It really, yeah. really opened. It became a bigger part of the community, and um, became more involved and started doing the things that would ultimately. Uh, I mean, I'm, I was already working on the wiki, you know, but who knows if that would have led me to exper- experimenting with YouTube and eventually deciding to do this. Uh, it, it, it indeed, it was the as I said before, I worked in uh, comic book retail for ten years, two thousand five to two thousand fifteen, and um, it was in many ways. The, that convention uh seeing over the over over the span of years seeing people grow and change 
and achieve their dream jobs and become their true selves. Um, that made me say to myself, uh, I got to get out of this thing. I'm this rut I'm stuck in. I got to find mm. whatever my thing is. You know, in fact, it was, it was 2014. I said that because I made the, made the mistake of going to two conventions that year, did uh, auto assembly <laughs> and I did person. And I yeah. was like, Oh no, a double shot of looking around me and seeing people loving life and doing the things they love in life. And that was it for me. I would like, I basically went back and tended my resignation at that point. And, uh, and here I am now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're all, we're all the more better for it. <laughs> I mean, the world is a weird place now, but, uh, uh, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, we've, we've just had TF nation, uh, 2020, Two. Mm-hmm. What year is this? <laughs> Who 2022, knows yeah. 2022. Uh, <laughs> just last month, you know. And the last time we had a TF Nation, 2019, I'd only been doing this for two years, you know. And I've had, a, I've undergone a lot of growth as a channel, you know, as a subscriber base and everything in the span of three years. And this TF Nation, like, really brought home for me uh, that, you know, I, I knew I knew it was going to be sort of different because I guessed I knew just more people would know me from the channel, but it was, it was a whole, a whole other thing. It was very overwhelming, very humbling, but you know, reminds me just how lucky I've been to be able to wind up in this place and, and enjoying this, you know, and I don't take it for granted, you know, uh, it's because just said it a minute ago, you know, Hasbro lets me do it, but you know, if somebody looks too close, you never know what could happen. could all disappear tomorrow, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't take it for granted. And I just consider myself that I've uh, been lucky enough to keep doing it now for just past my 50 year anniversary, uh, uh, this, this summer. So congratulations. uh, Yeah. Thank you. And hopefully you can get another five and another five and another five, but uh, you know, transformers is not infinite. Uh, so who knows what will be next, but, uh, uh, not me because I'm not thinking that far ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, and definitely, I think I would encourage everyone to to check out the basics on on YouTube, and and also consider. I mean, I I've, I've been on your Patreon. I don't know if I've been on your Patreon since the beginning, but it, I was think I signed up pretty early. But I'm yeah, much obliged. Just thank you very yeah. much for your support. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, that that's definitely it's a it's a contribution to the community. I think um, I don't I don't know I I don't know who said it or where it comes from, but they say that uh, if you if you're on the internet and you see something missing it's your responsibility to put it there. So, uh, you know, I, I think you've, you've, you've definitely, uh, added, con- contributed a lot to Transformers fandom in particular. And then, and, and so- Sonic, the comic, the podcast, Hey, that's apparently, that's yeah, that was, that was a surprise. That was what we're, <laughs> Dave and I decided to do that because we were fed up of people talking smack about it. We were like, they're going to put the record straight, but it does yeah. feel like a, like a, a little community has uh, sprung up around it. It feels like we see more discussion of that comic now. And there mm. was, um, there was a, 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 a re a project Sonic, the comic re-illustrated just happened very recently where oh. a group of 35, 36 artists got together and redrew a classic strip from the original comic one panel each um and uh and you know that that was um uh begun by by uh many of those uh uh artists are, are listeners and it was the, the project was begun by one of our listeners who often does a drawing uh as they listen to a new episode that's uh, at angel bless on twitter if you search her up you'll be able to find the project if you want to read it um uh yeah it, it does feel like we've i don't want to go maybe not i 
we often say, I feel a little funny saying it, but it does feel like we kind of changed the conversation about the comic a little bit. And uh, and it also helps that it's great fun to to do as well. <laughs> STCTP.zone if you want to have a listen. <laughs> yeah, well, this this has also been a lot of fun. So I think we'll we'll wrap it up here. And uh, so, I mean, we, we mentioned uh, the basics, Sonic the Comic. Anything else you'd like to plug before we, before we I roll out? The, the big ones uh, currently. Um, uh, got a few other things sort of going on. Nothing I can really provide a link to or give any concrete information about yet. But uh, yeah, basics. Uh, search either Transformers the Basics or my name on YouTube because they come, the, the actual channel is my name. Um, on YouTube, you'll find that there, stctp.zone for uh, Sonic the Comic, or at Sonic Podcast on Twitter. I'm at Chris McFeely on Twitter. You'll find me there, and I'm on Tumblr as well under that name, but I don't do much over there besides um, post whenever the uh, the new episode goes up. Um, anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Um, no, I think that's everything for now. Just those are the two big things going on right now. Uh, still on a... Still, uh, uh, STCTP is every two weeks, and the basics is uh, what's the? Uh, it's it's not weekly as a rule, but it often comes out. It, it, I'll never leave you hanging for more than two weeks between episodes of the basics. Put it that way. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. Thanks again for uh, Chris for joining us. Uh, this has been Let's Talk Transformers with. Chris McFeely. Uh, this is part of the Transmissions Podcast Network. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out our main podcast at transmissionspodcast.com. And we've got lots of different shows, including a live play RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. If anyone's interested in that, that's another thing we've got going on. Uh, but yeah, we do lots of Transformers themed stuff and we do two podcasts every week. So lots of good stuff there. So Thanks again, Chris, for joining me. And uh, thank you very much for having me, Charles. It's been a lot of fun to sit and just uh, give off stink about the state of Transformers. <laughs> it's been it's been awesome, been a pleasure. So, uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you later. Bye bye, bye guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com/discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. Transmissions.